episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and joining us for this, how shall I call this, anniversary, <laughs> is John Parker. Boo. <laughs> John, of course, you can find on Twitter, Horizon John, and of course, we have Blake Schumacher, who had Yay. the good, who had the good sense to, in his right state preview, write out two scenarios for the outlook of Wright State, and now he looks like a complete genius four hours after it published. Blake, welcome, <laughs> and thank you for joining us. Absolutely glad to be here. <laughs> and of course, Blake, of course, is at B. Schumacher RT. And if you haven't already seen it, HorizonRoundtable.com, we're right in the middle of preview week. If you haven't read any of the previews, I mean, go, go, read them all. You know, we... They should, you know, depending upon when you are listening to this, they'll may theoretically all be up. Also, horizonroundtable.com slash subscribe. That's where the links to all our socials, all the podcast apps that we are available on, as well as our Patreon, patreon.com slash horizonroundtable. Join us, subscribe to us. That would be awesome. So I gave it away. So Tanner Holden came back today and he's now officially back. Officially, officially. He got his waiver and now he's going to play this year. Yep, yep. It seems uh, they got him to graduate, and so at at least part of the equation was he graduated in July, and he's now eligible as a grad transfer versus any other kind. Um, I don't know why it took him that long to essentially say, "Yeah, that's fine." But yeah, yeah right. So that's- like he he got <laughs> the automatic transfer. What what was the issue here? I that don't, is very right. so. So that's a very good question. So um. First of all, a couple of things. Uh, it's funny because during the media forum, Chris Collins, the Wright State play-by-play guy, did mention we p- could be hearing something about Tanner Holden. And sure enough, there it is. So that does bring up the question, though, is that, okay, he graduated in July. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the question is what took so long? Not only did he graduate in July – he went with the team to Italy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and if I remember right at the time, it was like, eh, it's not a determination one way or the other on his eligibility when it turns out it absolutely was. Because <laughs> he graduated. Oh, he is a grad transfer. He is not a Marfo. <laughs> I mean, he is. It's the funniest just, term. It's I mean, a Marfo check- still, but... <laughs> yeah. um, at least it's a Marfo... I don't know. It's kind of like a coming home. Almost kind of deal. Uh, I feel like I, I know that's what Marfo is, but anyway. <laughs> Mar- yeah, so Marfo is of course the <laughs> who coined it for who coined the term Marfo first, by the way, because it's named after Ken- Kevin Marfo from Quinnipiac, who left Quinnipiac and then came back to Quinnipiac, if I'm not mistaken. And if you asked John Rothstein, it was probably John Rothstein. Oh man, now we got. <laughs> Podcast, damn it! He didn't actually. I'm just joking. So <laughs> to uh, claim sources that aren't there. I mean, I guess. Anyway, so yeah, so that's why that's where Marfo comes from. Funny, Trilly Donovan actually had the All Marfo list, and and Tanner Holden was on it this year. Uh, but again, technically, he's not actually that guy because he he graduated grad transfer. So, well, yeah, but he went back to his original school, so it so, still applies. 
It is true. So, okay, great. Okay, so yes, Marfo applies. Okay, cool. That works. Um, also, if I remember right, part of why he came back to write state specifically was because his his credits there were, you know, he if he transferred someone somewhere else, he would lose credits yeah. versus you know already having taken the classes at right state. So those yeah. credits obviously fill up. This is true. This is very true indeed. So yeah, I mean, basically, all's well that ends well, I guess. So it yeah. would have been a lot more interesting if he didn't graduate over the summer. He redshirted this year, and then he came back next year, eligible to grad transfer and just leave again. <laughs> yeah, that that that, 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 was that, probably, that yeah, that would have been worst case scenario if that didn't happen this year. I it would have been very funny. <laughs> it would have been very funny, but very wrong. I mean, I was I was game planning it that he wasn't good. It was going to take him forever to make a decision, and by the time they made the decision, it would have been he'd have lost an entire semester. And then yeah. what what would the point have been to play a half a season and, instead of just redshirting this year and just going back next year? Next year of which you know Trey Calvin is gone, but. He's in. He's going to be the guy. So he, they would have been just as good next year as they are. Would that they would have been this year without him? Yeah. Right. And at least in the case of like Wright State athletics, it's it's earlier than we thought, but later than they would have liked. Because oh, I wonder why. Yeah. It, I mean, we're we're coming up on three weeks into this. Uh, three weeks till the season begins, and. Not saying that they haven't been practicing with him. They've very barely clear, blank, very clearly been running routes and things oh, yeah. like that with with Tanner in the queue. But when all of that's an unknown, it's like, what are you supposed to take from that, both as the player and as the team? So now that that's not the case, that should hopefully be uh, essentially a turning point in building sure. that chemistry. So now uh, that we got, well, oh, I mean, even though let's, yeah, I mean, that was, I think that was part of it. I think it was also part of, you know, I think the, uh, the, the trip to Italy, you know, every time you have an overseas trip with the guys and he was there. So obviously there, there, there was some team building going on with him, uh, you know, during that time. So yep. now they have him back. And now he is for sure going to play this year. Where does he slot in to this lineup? Does I mean, he? Is he? He's got to be. He's got to be on the, in the starting five, right? He, it, I mean, that's my assumption. He's in the starting five. Unless, unless he's lost a step, being at Ohio State and not being used, I think he slots in exactly where he was last go around, right around the three spot. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, he kind of flickered between two and three. And so the projected starting lineup that I had for if he were to come back was to uh, put Hubrix as the, the solid sixth man off the bench mm -hmm. and uh, have Drake Carter remain uh, with Tanner actually in the two uh, and Trey Calvin leading the leading the way as the point guard. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I'm just going based off what I have seen from Drake Carter. Sure. In the small amount of time that we've seen him so far in practices and things like that. I think Dre might be the next standout 
who I, I don't know if we'll we'll see him start immediately, mm-hmm. but I think when it comes to conference, he might be the one that pushes this to an absolute uh, an absolute domination on the conference side. So with that said, now, well, the other question that I have, where does that leave a guy? Uh, obviously, you got Hubris, who probably is going to come off the bench. Keaton Norris, who's probably going to come off the bench. Where does that leave a guy like, uh, where does that get leave a guy like Andrew Wellage or, more to the point, uh, Bo Myers, who's coming off of the transfer? Where does that leave yep. him is a better question. Are they going to end up playing the four at that point so they can kind of preserve Braun and Brandon Noel? I can see if they wanted to be guard heavy, they could push Dre into the four and have Andrew Wellage on the outside. Mm -hmm. Um, Keaton Norris, I think, makes the most sense swapping in and out for Trey Calvin uh, to give him some breathing time. Yeah. Though I could also see like having Keaton as the point guard and Trey and Tanner on the two and three. And so there's a whole bunch of ways that this, that this roster can move about because they all have the ability to stretch into those sorts of positions. And it's almost like a domino effect where if you move one, well, then the other goes over here. If you move this one, the other goes over there and then you create mismatches. Um, Taking advantage of those mismatches is going to be key. Like Drake Carter's 6'10". If he's playing in the three slot or in the two slot, for example, because he is a three-point shooter, um, <laughs> that'll be really fun to watch. I don't know. But the question then becomes, do, do we see uh, – I mean, how much – yeah, so obviously we are going to see Drake Carter this year because he redshirted last season. I mean, they're not going to do something like, I don't know, redshirt two years in a row. You can't get away with that multiple times, can you? Right. Unless something happens where they get injured, which I don't foresee happening. Um, Of note, Noel did share that he had a injury over the summer that prohibited him from playing in Italy, but he seems to be okay. So we don't foresee that becoming a problem later unless it does. So, well, but he's all healed up and should be all good. So the challenge still remains with Wright State is the front court. It, it, that is the – that's what I still see. Tanner Holden or no Tanner Holden, you still are pretty thin up front. I mean, A.J. Braun, Brandon Noel notwithstanding, you still are. You've got you got Drake Carter as a, as a rotational piece, but after that, you get short. And yeah, that's very true. And when you look at even when you even look at the Horizon League, the way it's set up now, I mean, think about what happened last year with the Wright State against Cleveland State when they tried to go up against uh, that front court, you know, as good as they are going up against Tristan Anaruna and Spider Johnson. Or Think about this year with whatever Youngstown State's going to thread them. He could, they could go small. They can go super big with uh, Zorval and maybe even Gabe Dines. The challenge seems to be there, and I think also the the depth at the front court doesn't go. That issue doesn't, to me at least, go away, even with with Tanner Holden coming back in the mix. I agree. Uh, I think. 
it's going to be a different style than Nagy's used to, where he doesn't have somebody at the front that he can just swap out in and out whenever he can. Like, Grant's gone, obviously. Sure. Um, and Brandon Noel did have some backup down in that area last season. Sure. They at least had C.J. Wilborn. And, did we uh, see him ever? <laughs> right. And then Tim Finke was a great rotational piece for the four. Sure. So now the question, really the question is, the question is the Tim Finke spot. Does that get filled up by Bo Myers? Does that get filled up by Andrew Wellage? That's the question there too. Right. So that's, I think that fourth spot is probably not going to be as big, which again, you know, a couple of teams notwithstanding may not be, especially in league, not killer. And maybe they can compensate for that in the non-conference. But yeah. And I I think you guys know where I'm setting, what I'm setting up for. Now that Tanner Holden's back and we already put out our predictions, where (laughs) does that put every, where does that change? What does that change for everybody? Uh, Personally, I mean, mean, Blake already put out his, uh, his response to that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think they're definitely in that top tier for me where you like, that's the thing, and I'm going to probably complain about this on Saturday, too, but uh-huh. um, that is where I think it gets really dumb. The number four team in the league last year was one game out of first place and won the league tournament, technically meaning they had the best record by the end of the year. Uh, the year before, same thing happened. Sure. Like it's more of a tier thing with me. And I think they're definitely in that top tier where, okay. Yeah. It's, it's easy to see how they could come out on top of that. If not, you know, a game behind and, you know, very much a threat to, to win the, you know, the auto bid. Right. I I know I said that I would pick them first. I thought about that for half a second, and I was like, no, don't be first. Uh, The horizon (laughs) league has cursed. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I think in terms of talent, just in that starting five, it's incredibly deep and you can see them being in that top tier. It's just going to be putting the piece back together um, and getting everything moving to where you have, you have, he has a bench now. Like coach Nagy has a bench of three point shooters with Hugh Norton or Hubricks, Norris, and Wellage. But the ones that we've known him to rely on in in the past, Calvin, Noel, Holden, mm-hmm. um, they're more of the drive-and-shoot style. And so Nagy has the ability to have like two different sets of things on the floor but which one's going to be the better attack and which yeah. one's going to mesh and which one's going to do this and that and the other thing, especially when it comes to defense where that starting five was not great at defense last year, not yeah. even pinky. Um, and so we'll have to see if strides were made on the defense side more so than the offense side. And that will probably decide where the Raiders actually end up. And if they end up second, I won't cry about it because that means they might actually. Oh, I know you won't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know you won't. Um, I 
I picked him. I, in my own personal list, I picked him to finish fifth. Um, I'm bumping them up, but I too am not picking them first. I still have him third. I still have him below Milwaukee, and I still have him below Northern Kentucky. Milwaukee, uh, I think from a size standpoint, I think they are they out. I think they, from a depth standpoint specifically, I think Milwaukee is has an advantage on them. And Northern Kentucky, I mean, they're they're the they're they're the defending tournament champs. They're the ones who have the most back, and I really do. Although I'm very interested in seeing what any uh, what the guys do against Cade Meyer or Keaton and Jerry, that should be fun. But yeah, I I would have them a little higher up, um, at third. Sorry, Wright State fans. <laughs> but but like Blake said, it's cursed anyway. So I mean, it's not like you're you know, it's not like the worst thing in the world. <laughs> oh, for right? sure. Again, fun. you finish the game out of first place, like. That's fine. <laughs> it right, is. Exactly. It worked last year, didn't it? Exactly. So, Fun yeah. about Cade Meyer, I don't think they'll have a problem with him. They didn't have a problem with him last year. I know he was on Green Bay, and Green Bay sucked, but. <laughs> it's true. Inajiri, on the other hand, that's that's a whole other that's a whole other ball of wax there. Yeah. So. But I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, I think the. Yeah, realistically, you know, from a depth standpoint, the backcourt was now that was already really good is now phenomenal, and but they still have that same kind of it, it's still pretty thin up top up front. So, and does does Scott Nagy get away from his short bench from years past and mix it up a little bit? He has the tools to do it. He's got the guys. He can do it. They can all play. That's pretty clear. The question is, is it gonna? Are we gonna see? Are we gonna see that? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I would keep my starters out if Wellage or Hubrick hit the floor. To be fair, and so, like, it's not like this, this squad doesn't have the ability to rack up points and everything. I think the other, um, yeah, I think the other challenge too is where's the three point shooter coming from? Because uh, Tanner Holden was never a three point shooter. For as good as a player as he's been, three point shooting was never one of his strong suits. Yeah, right. He can get free throws like nothing. He can get free throws. He can crash the boards. He can slash. He can you know he can attack the paint. Three pointers. That's not his. That's not his game. That's just not his game. He was so. very effective at hitting them. He just didn't really take them, exactly. probably because if he took them more, he wouldn't have been very effective at hitting. You them. are correct in that assessment. Right. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, maybe it, yeah. Well, I mean, let's be honest. We all, uh, you know, I was I was pretty sure Tim Finke was going to be the guy last year, and that sure didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, he was cold. I, yeah, maybe Bo Myers. I mean, that's kind of his thing. So who knows? We'll see. So, all right. So that's going to do it for this Tanner Holden bonus episode. Uh, so tune in, tune in Sunday, uh, two-parter, post-preview week. We'll talk about everybody besides Wright State. Maybe throw in a little bit more <laughs> Wright State. I don't know. Um, but, of course, yep, yeah, HorizonRoundtable.com. 
you, you, if you're listening to this, you should be re- on that site right now, reading everything. You should be doing it right now if you haven't done it already. You can pull us up wherever podcasts are found. I'm sorry. Was there one more thing you wanted me to say before I close this out? I was just gonna say we work very hard. Read the article. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and come listen to us complain on Sunday. That's right. We will do it. So yeah, horizonroundtable.com pulls up wherever podcasts are found. And of course, you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So tune in next week when we do our real live episodes, plural. Until then, thank you all for listening.